Hey y'all, it's your boy Kimmy. And it is Azalea Banks from the Home Depot. Oh. I'm just wanting to start. <laughs> guys and welcome back to another episode of just being us um yes yes, child so today guys we're going to talk about um mental health more so like specifically you know anxiety because we all have those have those moments Mm -hmm. um and we want to talk about uh how it affects us personally uh in the workplace and also you know in in our love lives or marriage whatever the case and Guess what, two guys? We have a special extra guest, lovely Mr. Sailor. Um, Sailor. Hello, y'all. This is Sailor. How are you, everyone? So we we are we we are what seven episodes in. We got a guest. I'm on budget. Help come through. Your boy know how to wiggle the dollars. I'm not a stripper, y'all. This is a paid gig, just to let y'all know. You know, y'all know the budget gotta be good, you know? We 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 move. And that's why we were Ziggler Bates at the Home Depot, because that's they were, exactly. They were very accommodating. Like, I have Mariah Carey standards, so they even sent me, like, my fresh puppies to dry my hands. It was a whole thing. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I kick us off. So, like, when it comes to anxiety, you know, for the longest time, I didn't realize, like, the the emotion of anxiety feels for my body. Like, mm-hmm. just thinking, you know, going to a new situation or going to a new environment, you know, didn't realize that was anxiety because I would, like, aware myself, ask myself, like, 3,000 questions and body just not able to function the way it needs to be <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think until like I was 29 to really realize or connect the dots that like okay this is anxiety and amongst other things is happening so mm-hmm. we need to you know get this under control because 29 years later that's a hot mess Listen. I mean but that's a that's a good a good jump start you know because most people don't most people still have not you know come to terms with okay there is something going on and I need to do something about it it's still people uh, I've had peers I've had friends even um, going into their 50s that still have not come to terms with hey it's, um, I need to do something about it you know I need to kind of figure out what's going on so that I can you know kind of get a better grip on my life mm-hmm Especially in the African American community and the African American male mm-hmm. community, it's just really hard for I don't know. I guess it was hard for me. I guess I shouldn't speak for everybody, but it was really hard for me to take that step to go and get help from like a therapist because mm-hmm. there's just this stigma that, oh, well, they're going to lock me up or just any of those things that's kind of, you know, those little horror stories you get. Yeah. I mean, Therapy was, I went to therapy, what is this, 2022? I started therapy like four years ago after the death of my grandfather because it originally was supposed to be grief counseling. But, you know, when you kind of start unpacking feelings and emotions that you've been dealing with for years, Mm -hmm. over a decade, you know, you start to realize, hey, 
maybe maybe the you know the screws ain't as tight as I thought they were. Maybe they need to be retightened. Somebody need to go get a screwdriver from the Home Depot and you know figure <laughs> out what's going on. Mile <laughs> thirteen. So, okay, get get the big one because the small one was clearly not doing the job. <laughs> but you know what? It's not funny, but it's funny that you know you both of you guys like hit something like it. This happens a lot in the black community because you know mm-hmm. as we were brought up we were brought up not to really show our emotions or mm-hmm. really know how to digest them or identify what emotion that you're truly going through unless yeah. it's anger and uh i love the fact that both of you guys even mentioned going to therapist because even with me i went to school to basically be a therapist and you know having to like learn techniques to process these feelings still not truly knowing what they are to the point mm-hmm. you know, when I uh, went to the doctor and, you know, now I'm on medicine to, you know, help me balance out my anxiety and, and really process and navigate through certain um, issues, I would say. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's important, guys. If you're POC, it's okay to talk to someone. It's okay to get a little help. Don't be embarrassed, child. I know that's right. I know that when I talked to my therapist and she kind of identified that I had um, traumatic PTSD, um, mm-hmm. she said, when I started my medication, she said, you're probably not going to recognize your own personality because you've been functioning in so much dysfunction that it's not even normal. Mm-hmm. And your relationships will change because you're not even... It's, it's not even you. So it's just so important. I guess therapy is important. And to me, medicine is important too. I know there's some people that are anti-medicine and they don't like the chemicals in their bodies and stuff like that. But let me tell you, I tell my husband all the time, let me get me a crazy pill real quick before I go out uh, this world. Okay. <laughs> okay. You better let him know. Because <laughs> I'm a... Look. I'm an advocate for a pill. Listen, let me pop a pill. I don't even start my date. Let me okay. hold on before I have a conversation. Public service now. <laughs> we are not pushing the drugs to the little kids. At least wait. Drugs are bad. Okay. Don't do drugs, children. <laughs> Unless it's anxiety medication, then do it. And prescribed by a medical professional. Yes. And you need to see the degree because anybody can say they prefer. Where's the plaque? And we don't need the ones off the corner of 81st Street. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> if you go in the 81st Deli to get your food and your prescriptions, we got a problem. America, there's a problem. <laughs> a very big problem. You know what? Shout out to the uh to that lady. You know what lady I'm talking about, right? The chicken saddle lady. No, the other lady. What lady? The horse riding lady. Oh, girl, I was trying not to because Giselle, let me tell you something about Giselle. I don't even be talk about just Beyonce. We didn't even talk about uh, Beyonce because uh, <laughs> since if you listen, sli- just slide them tour dates. I don't, we ain't got nothing to talk about because. Um, wait, yes, we do. Uh, girl, if your tickets are the same as Taylor Swift, I don't want them. Listen. I don't want listen. How much listen. are Taylor Swift tickets? Well, we can't plug that. Never mind. Uh, I'll be two months, friend. <laughs> two months worth of rent. Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, I saw. That was a little outrageous. I was like, ooh. 
I may have to stand outside the stadium with a good a good drone to catch the footage if, if Beyonce tried it. Quite frankly, she can give us the baby vibes. I'll take a free ticket. Listen, do you know that man? I didn't realize that he was he was trying to uh, sell our tickets in my hometown, like and couldn't sell out. Yes, that, yes, the hangout. He, he was trying to sell out the hangout and couldn't. And we only see fifteen hundred people. You ain't got fifteen hundred people. You can call. That's sad. You need. You may need to go get your CDL because clearly music wow. is not for you. <laughs> Gail, don't do our don't do our truck drivers like that. I wouldn't even mm-mm. listen. Listen. Can plug the music through the damn radio. No, no, no. Listen. Wait, you know. In the dial channel three three eight four point eight five. No. I know, but but you know, speaking of um Sailor mentioned um medicine and you know, I started going through therapy. You know, I started going um, through antidepressants and anxiety medicine. And it's true. Like, you start to kind of, you, your personality, you don't really recognize it at first because, you know, you're so used to the same life, the same patterns. And then when stuff is starting to change for the better, it kind of, it comes as a surprise. It comes as a shock. Or at least it did for me. Mm -hmm. Um because that was a very dark time in my life. You know, I was very, not to get dark, but I was I was very suicidal during that time. And I Same. tried. Same. I tried at least three times. And when that third time came, I was like, listen, <laughs> clearly, either I'm not doing something right or I'm supposed to be here. And that was kind of what got me into therapy. And, you know, you don't really realize until you're going through it, at least for me, but you realize who is really there for you. You know, you all throughout life, you have people that say they're there for you and, you know, call me if you need me, but when you actually need those people, you know, no one's go, no one's around. And so going through that, it was one of the most loneliest experiences, but it was also for the best because it, it allowed me to kind of push myself into a horizon and get to know who I truly was. And um, even... And even that with anxiety, like it's, it's for me, it was debilitating. Like having the conversation of, oh, well, your shoes are striped in two tones was debilitating. Any kind of conversation to have, it was debilitating. I could not have the conversation because the anxiety was making me feel like it was life or death. I could not have the conversation. It just would not happen. And so for me, once I started taking medication, it was almost like, well, how how are you supposed to function right how are you supposed to communicate how are you supposed to have a conversation i remember there was one time in the workplace where i wanted to have a conversation with my manager and i literally walked up and down the hallway trying to get the courage to walk to the door like i walked Mm -hmm. up to the door walked away I walked to the door, then walked away. I walked up to the door, walked away. Then I looked to see if she was gone. And I was going to say, oh, what a relief until I finally had done it. And this was post, well, this was before the medication. So it was just, it, it was, it, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what our brains will do while hyped up on anxiety. Is that supposed to be work together place? We had to happen? No, but I'm sure it probably, I mean, the way, mm, Choosing words. 
that's why I asked the way I asked because I'm just like, was it was it that place? I mean, I definitely think I I definitely think that as I look back on and and again, I'm going to refer back to my therapist. I when I look back at how I behaved or how I react, and they made the statement that you're not going to recognize yourself once you start taking the medication. I definitely believe that the way that I functioned at that time versus now mm-hmm. was unhealthy and confrontation was needed and a conversation was needed and it wasn't that hard, but at the time debilitating it not like it, it would have been like, Oh my gosh, like I'm about to have heart surgery. Like it's not yeah. that big a deal, but the anxiety puffs it up so much, but no, it was not that person. Okay. Because you know, I it's go very, first, if I thought because you know who I thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I was. I mean, so, I mean, I can count on my hand thinking about how I deal with confrontation now versus then, and how many times I handled it well, and how many times that I just kind of ran away because the anxiety is just it's too much. It's too much for my mindset. So. Yeah. with the medicine do you feel like it's been able to help you process the situation clearer to actually know like whether you do have to like fight face on or to like okay we can address this another day like do you feel like that Mm -hmm. it really has helped let me tell you something I call them my crazy (laughs) pills but I also call them my bravery pills because I'm just bold I am very bold I remember in the last few weeks, I was like, I was very frustrated about something in the workplace. And I was like, okay, we're going to have this conversation. I got an hour. I blocked it off. We will start and finish this in the hour. So I brought evidence. I brought articles. I brought conversation starters like we're supposed to have. And I was like, I just read off the conversation starters. And I was like, let's go. I got an hour. Okay. Five more minutes. We're going to have to close. So I definitely feel like now it's just, a whole lot easier to have a conversation. It's not mm-hmm. as hard. And I think anxiety, I don't know. I think anxiety also shadows or I, what's the word I'm looking for? It also blurs the pieces of your dysfunction where you should be taking accountability, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you can't see that because, oh, well, if I did that or, you know, you start making up these scenarios or you start reliving situations or reliving conversations and all of that, like, yeah. Child. Well, I know, like, for me, um, I think my PTSD, and you you know of all people, Sailor, like, where my PTSD has come from, especially the last two years of that place that we both participated employment at Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it carried to my next job and you know both of you guys are very aware how that was um and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I decided you know to get help and you know get on medicine and that's what's really I don't know I wouldn't say the word sad but I'm gonna use it in this context of like when I took it it was only like 10 milligrams and after like that, maybe the first three days of taking it, 
I literally can see a difference of like my heartbeat wouldn't race as fast when I would get a text message or a phone call, like either from someone who's above me, like my heart wouldn't feel like it dropped. Like I could actually process what the message was provided to me and actually like digest it and um, not react to it in such an overbearing way to where I'm making the situation worse. But then there was a short period where I stopped taking it and I reverted back to, to where I was back in the day. And it's really scary that, you know, I guess it's just the, this is just the, the devil's advocate of also being on medicine. I feel like it's like, I don't feel like I'm a dependent on it, but it's really crazy to see how the world and the environment has affected the individual so much to where like your body can't even regulate to where it needs to process the the necessary chemicals to be back on track. And like, I'm in the process of getting back on these anxiety medicine because it's like, I'm getting to the point from certain days, like if I get an email from my boss, like my heart starts racing, I get automatically irritated because I'm just like, what is going on? And not reading what his message is. So it's like, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, a lot of moving parts in terms of like how anxiety and depression affects you, you know, personally mm-hmm. and how it, it unfortunately translates in work. It's, it's, it's sad. And, and again, it's back to when we were younger, I guess, like our families taught us to be brave, taught us to stand mm-hmm. up as men and face things head on and not let anybody see you cry. Where there are times where when you can cry, I should be able to cry on your shoulders or cry on a friend's shoulder and not be demons weak and let that that energy release instead of building up and child boiling the water over the pot. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot, y'all. I mean, I mean growing up, uh, you know, like you see it, when I was a kid, I used to cry all the time. And getting told constantly, suck it up, suck it up, be a man, be a man. I just stopped crying because I'm like, okay, okay. I, so now I'm at the point where even when it's stuff to say it, like I just do not, because I just, it's a force of habit of being told not to show emotion. So sometimes, especially in the workplace or even, um, I know eventually uh, here we're going to talk about relationships, but even with that, you know, you get so used to being programmed, basically, to be a certain way for so long. And it's so hard to kind of deprogram and turn the old, you know, operating system off and kind of um, download this new operating system, this new these new terms and conditions, you know, because I used to be the type of person I would never talk about what was bothering me because of anxiety, because, you know, like Sailor said, having conversations, like I could literally feel my heart about to beat out of my chest. And so I just never talked about what bothered me. And even when it comes to being in the workplace, like, you know, I used to, um, came, as you know, I used to work in that warehouse, you know, the name we cannot mention. Um, but, <laughs> but we, you know, we were very, those who don't know, uh, we were very spaced. <laughs> I was about to say my accent out loud because I have said item on my on my chair. Right? Listen, listen, okay, all right. 
I love, love them now today. <laughs> uh, but we used to be very spaced off at work. So, you know, we didn't really interact with people. And that, for a person that has anxiety, that was a blessing because I was like, okay, I ain't got to be that close with somebody. I ain't got to talk to nobody unless I need somebody. But that was what the issue came because when there was a problem or I needed something, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, I have to go speak to another human being. So that's when the problem comes in and having anxiety, you, maybe you come up with so many scenarios, you should be nominated for an Oscar. And nine times out of 10, none of those scenarios are reality. And so getting on medication, starting medication, that changed. It was like the entire world went from black and white to color. Like I started to put things into perspective. I started to really step into my personality because I feel like anxiety made me push down who I really was because out of the fear of not being accepted or out of, you know, the fear of rejection, I was like, okay, let me just put a wall up or bury who I am. But two years in the medication, I am who I am. And you either love it or you hate it. It's not going to take no money off my paycheck. I'm still going to get overtime. Uh, Them taxes still going to clear. It's not stopping nothing over here. I'm very proud I walk in my truth. And I love the skin that I am in. And those who love it, I welcome it. I, I welcome my tribe. But it's, if you don't like it, it's not bothering me. It's no longer affecting me. I no longer care. Yeah, Jay. And, and it, you bring up a, a really good point about how anxiety spills, spills over to the personal relationships and also in the workplace. I find it hard to navigate the complexities of the stories that I tell myself versus the stories that have legitimacy. Right, because mm-hmm. as a gay black male who is also married, I know that there are stories that have legitimacy. Right, mm-hmm. like I know that there are some things that happen to me that are not a figment of my imagination, and mm-hmm. it is a struggle for me. And this is the place where I'm in now is just trying to find coping tools for when you experience prejudice, when you experience racism, and then versus the PTSD that I'm trying to process. Right of just internalizing all of that and trying to figure out what's real and what's not. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's very, it's, I find that as a big struggle as just trying to figure out the stories I tell myself versus the things that are actually happening, especially mm-hmm. in terms of my identity, right? Because there are some things that are true. There are some things about me and how people perceive me and how they will treat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just you know that kind of thing too yeah. side note y'all let's take a quick second of oh no it says we got 10 minutes but, okay come on 10 minutes the budget really is budgeting it is but side note y'all um I, i'm sorry i should have said this in the beginning um trigger warning for some of the topics we talked through tonight or today whatever time this is at this point um if you guys are ever having you know those dark thoughts there are plenty of resources out there don't be ashamed don't be embarrassed to reach out to someone um for you know for our audience here in the u.s please don't hesitate and text 988 which was our national um suicide line as well as um reaching out to anyone whether it's um a boss you know if you're in school listening to this the counselor find someone that you feel comfortable talking to and just let it out 
Um, and don't hold it in. And also, for our queer friends, make sure you reach out to the Trevor Project. It does get better. Yes. It does get yes. better. Yes. Um, and the number is 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. You'll get in contact with the rep that can talk through it. So, again, guys, like, if you're feeling in that dark place, don't be embarrassed. Um Mm-mm. Please talk to someone um, and just let it out again. Don't don't be embarrassed. So, um, it's a lot of great stuff that we've talked about in this episode, y'all. It's it's at times for me, I feel like I'm facing these feelings or facing these things by myself. But it's really astounding that other people are going through similar, if not just the same, emotions, thoughts, experiences. Mm-hmm. It, it's just crazy to me. It, it really is mm-hmm. beyond crazy. And it'll be people that you don't even consider or think. Yeah. Because mm. you know me, I was the bubbly one. <laughs> Not, um, I'm the calm you still, You're still the bubbly one, which is why, which is why I, I make it a habit to say, are you okay? Because Woo! the ones that have the good conversations and stuff like that, the ones that have to be strong, even for myself, I know that's why I love the friendship that we share. And I know that you do it. I absolutely know that you are just as concerned with saying, but like, it's very important to check on your friends. Like when people say check on the strong one, that is no joke because it is very difficult to get up every day and handle the world basically. And then still deal with your own shit at the end of the day. But you could be dealing with it in silence like this. So I, I, it's really important to kind of check on you and be like, hey, you okay? You good? And, and you know, you know, if you need me, I'm here. If I need to come and, and, and burn somebody's world down, I ain't got no shame. But listen. <laughs> and accepting help is not a sign of weakness. I have said this. So many times to my youngins in the last two weeks, and they will be like, I am so lost. And I'll come up to them and have a conversation with them. And I'm like, Why did you come ask for help? And they're like, I don't like asking for help. Mm-hmm. If you are the strong one, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to talk. Because, Kimi, you mm-hmm. know how many times I asked you, Have you talked? What's going on with you? You're good. Oh, no, okay. he did that, y'all. And I used to hate it at first, but then I was just like, <laughs> I did, because I'm just like, oh, someone who really cares. <laughs> but there's long ones you have to let people in. You have to let mm-hmm. people in. <sighs> but you know, I, I want to talk. I want to touch on that too before we we close out. Exactly. Um, minutes. Yes, and we're gonna use four minutes and twenty three seconds of it. Um, so. <laughs> We okay, four minutes and 28. We're wasting time, so you know, that's always been my biggest thing is that when I go through, shit, I'm like, I would love to talk, especially to the people that's closest to me, but at the same time, like, who really cares? Everybody dealing with their own, shit, do they really care? Like, it, it's so many times I wanted to pick up the phone and call you or to be able to call anybody and be like, hey. I need help. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I really just want to scream. But at the same time, I'm, I, I constantly battle with myself of who really cares. And I, I'm the type of person, too, I feel like telling my problems to other people 
I don't want anybody else to feel like they have to carry my problems on their shoulder. That's never what I want to do. I don't want to be a burden. That's always my thing. And anxiety has not been a helpful thing. No. Um, Are you sure you don't call me because you know I'm going to judge you? Leo, how are you going to judge anyways? I I stopped thinking about that years ago, honey. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to clarify before we, you know. Honey, you going to judge me when you see that, that name pop up on the call ID before you can push the answer button. So, I, I, that is, that's not right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. See? Sailor, see, I know. I told him. I was like, I know sometimes it takes a while for him to answer the phone, and that'd be him saying, do I really want to hear this Negro? Do I really want to hear him today? <laughs> and sometimes the phone don't answer because the answer is no. Now, <laughs> let me tell you something. Kimmy be... Oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Choosing words. Hold on. I'll be asleep. Uh, Why did somebody hey, okay, Kimmy be RHing. The RHing. Let me tell you, he be mm-hmm. <laughs> he be doing it. Oh, but okay, he be so, doing it mm-hmm. with my good Peruvian. Shout out to the thirty-two, thirty-two, the twenty-four closer. Shout, shout out to our international listeners too, because I see we have listeners in Singapore and Ooh. Brazil, and you know I love a good Brazilian. Okay. Listen. So shout out to the international people. Shout out to everybody listening. You know, we we started this thing just us and we're just being us every single week. You know, sometimes we post on Thursdays. Some days you may get us on a Saturday. But we thank you for listening. Yes. And again, y'all, thank you for letting us just be us. Bye. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah.